Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Villanova Basketball Report. Bob Long, Tom Trainer, Kevin Long alongside. No K-Mac tonight, but he will join us next week. And he did not shirk his responsibilities. He did provide trivia, and we're going to get to that later in the show. But let's bring in the three gentlemen that are with us here today. Welcome, guys. Great to have you. Time for the opening tip. And we're going to talk through the last week that was with Villanova. Took on the St. Joe's Hawks on Saturday evening, a 9 o'clock tip. That was in place of what would have been UVA at Madison Square Garden. Would have been fun maybe for another day, another year, another time. But Villanova took care of St. Joe's by 20. Butler, a strong finish in order to put away that Bulldogs team, a strong start to Big East play, 2-0. and And Villanova's rolling. Start with you, Tom. Here's an opportunity for Villanova to learn a lot about themselves and a good week of basketball is the way I look at it. Yeah, hey, no UVA, but still a very solid week um, for Villanova men's basketball. Um, I mean, Butler, a, a solid team. Aaron Thompson um, looked like he was ready to put that team on its back in the last few minutes. They went on some runs. They were um, a pesky team. You know, Enzi played really well in the post. Um, they looked like they weren't going to go away until, you know, Villanova finally did put them in, away in the last five minutes or so. A uh, similar story with St. Joe's. Um, you had Funk hitting shots from deep. Um, you had Daly starting to turn it on later in the game. Um, but once again, Villanova. Uh, you know, held their ground, stayed firm, um, some solid defensive efforts. Um, JRE put on two great performances, and we saw, you know, Justin Moore, we saw Caleb Daniels step up, um, and just a really solid week. These were games that they should should have won um, and should have won comfortably, and it wasn't always comfortable. I mean, Butler's a good basketball team, a good program. St. Joe's is a, a big rivalry game, so that game's always going to be a tough contest, um, even if it's just for a half or so. Um, but it was really, really good to see Villanova put together um, a strong finish in both contests, you know, to just to put the game away um, and not really have the game in doubt for the last five minutes was, was a relief um, to see. Um, and, I, and I think shows some good progress. So a solid week uh, for Villanova basketball. Yeah, and Kevin Long, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I agree with Tom. It's a really solid week for Villanova basketball. I'm really encouraged with the way that they played. Obviously, 20-point victories, uh, a very good sign for this team early on in the season. But I think this team is really starting to find its identity. It's starting to figure out that they're going to play their game through Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's going to have 15, 20 points a game. Uh, and then generally, there's going to be someone else around him that steps up. In the Butler game, it was Colin Gillespie putting up 18 points. And then in the St. Joe's game, it was a, a little bit of Caleb Daniels and Justin Moore having a big game. So I'm really encouraged with the way that this team is playing right now. I'm encouraged with the way that their depth is coming along. Uh, Jermaine Samuels had a better game against St. Joe's than we've seen from him. Uh, getting some guys like Cole Swider and Eric Dixon involved as well. I think we're going to continue to see those guys get more and more involved in these games later on as the season goes on. But I'm really encouraged with the way that they are coming along, the way that they're developing as a team together. And, and I really believe that they're just going to keep uh, gelling together more and more as we go on in the coming weeks. Sure. And speaking of gelling, I mean, what sticks out to me is I don't feel as if we've seen this team play a full 40 minutes of Illinois basketball quite yet. 
great. I mean, not going to argue with a 20-point win against St. Joe's, although that team is going to struggle mightily this year. I think Billy's doing a nice job over there, scheduling tough. They're going to go play Tennessee this week. Good for him and them. But they're going to struggle personnel-wise this year, and and that's a win that that could have been by more than 20. Not that it's an issue, but I I do feel at times as if, you know, a a finish here or there that should have gone, a defensive play once in a while where things are missed. And basketball is far from a perfect sport, but I do feel as if this is a good thing that I'm saying. They haven't nearly hit their ceiling. You see the fundamentals, the skeleton of what 40 minutes of Villanova basketball is like. They just haven't quite played that game yet. And again, that's okay. That may even be a good thing. But they've had nearly 10 games here in 2020 to figure things out. Heading into what will be, without a doubt, a unique 2021. And I think that can only help them and puts them ahead of the game compared to these other top teams in the country right now. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right, Bob. We haven't seen um, a game where they've clicked offensively for a full 40 minutes or defensively but you know we haven't seen a game you know we haven't seen that quintessential Villanova game where they just can't seem to miss from deep um interestingly this team doesn't seem to take as many shots from deep um as we're used to seeing from Jay Wright's teams um and I think some of that has to do with JRE playing you know a bit of a mid-range game and time again down the post um I think we're seeing players like Caleb Daniels get to the basket. Um, Justin Moore can get to the basket. So, so it's good to see the offense maybe open up or, you know, um, attack a little bit differently. Um, but, but defense, defense is growing. I think that's the biggest thing um, from getting to play so many games um, at this point in the season relative to other teams. I mean, the defense just seems to be growing by leaps and bounds each week. Um, Cole Swider seems to be, um, getting better each week, at least, you know, showing more fire, um, holding his own when he gets stuck out there on an island because teams are going to attack him when they can. Um, I think that Eric Dixon looks good defensively, you know, coming off of that redshirt year. He looks comfortable out there on the defensive end. Um, and I think Brandon Slater, I mean, he's long, he's athletic, he can guard the perimeter. Um, and, that, and that entire starting five. I mean, Jermaine Samuels, you mentioned Jermaine, and we talk about him at length on this show, and I think he's starting to find um, his niche, you know, I think he's, I think everybody on this team is starting to find their role as Kev alluded to earlier. And for Jermaine, that's playing good defense. Um, that's playing smart, not forcing things offensively and it's rebounding the heck out of the ball. Like he can. Um, and I think that's great to see. I mean, that's what you need from a senior, right? You need a senior to do the things that need to get done to win. And that's what we're seeing from Jermaine right now. Um, and, but you're right. They haven't put together a full, full game. You mentioned St. Joe's going, uh, to Knoxville, St. Joe's got blown out by almost 40 points tonight uh, to Tennessee. So, and I think that's the difference, right? Have Villanova puts together a complete basketball game, they blow out St. Joe's by 40 points rather than, you know, the game kind of bleeding, bleeding away later in the game and a eight point game becomes a 20 point game. Um, yeah, I agree with you there, Tom. I think that it was certainly a, a good game they played against St. Joe's, but if you, you look down the stat line, Colin Gillespie, three of eight from the field, one of five from three point. That's, that's not going to happen very often. You're not going to see Colin Gillespie finishing with seven points in a game. And, and even Cole Swider going one for four from three, finishing with three points. I mean, you have four, maybe even five elite college basketball scorers, I'll say, if you throw Cole Swider, 
in there instead of Jermaine Samuels. And, and you wouldn't expect them to, to shoot at that rate. Now, they still shot at 36% from three as a team. Jeremiah Robinson Earl shot the ball well, as did Caleb Daniels. But you would expect to get even more from some of those guys, even Justin Moore, one for four from three. So I still think the, the sky is the limit for this team, and, and they can do a, a lot of bigger things. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing a game against maybe a UVA or, you know, maybe, maybe another top tier team. Obviously we have Creighton coming up at some point. Uh, really interested to see what we can do against some of those teams. One of the guys you mentioned was Justin Moore. And I think he is on his way. If he stays long enough to being one of the best Villanova guards possibly to play and his ability to slow the game down, play his pace, kind of Jalen Brunson-esque, kind of Randy Foy-esque. We've made those comparisons before. He also hits some really difficult shots. I mean, his sometimes you feel like he shouldn't be taking such highly contested shots, but he makes more than his fair share of them. And really his ability to work and to run the offense with his back to the basket, which we're going to talk about this next week in our V's and O's segment when we get the whiteboard involved, but it's so funny because you have two quarterbacks of the offense, Justin Moore and the second guy I'm going to surprise you with, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl and the big Jeremiah Robinson Earl runs the offense with his, with his center, with his front of his body to the basket. And Justin Moore runs the offense inside the perimeter with his back to the basket. And so we're going to walk through that a little bit on the, on the, the whiteboard session, but suffice to say you have kind of inside out and counterintuitive roles for these two players, two guys that are going to lead this team this year and, and two sophomores that are absolute studs. Yeah. It's sort of similar to, to what we used to see from Jalen Brunson. I know you, you always make the Randy Foy comparison when you're talking about Justin Moore, but uh, you know, for Justin Moore, even a bigger guy than Jalen Brunson to be able to use that body. Uh, you know, he's, he's a tough guard for, for a lot of guards out there in, in uh, the college basketball world. He's a big guy. He can really back you down. He's, he's got the size to take you over the top. Um, so really interesting to see him using that body the way that he can against some of the other guards and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, boy, he's just, I've said it before, one of the best offensive forwards we've seen at Villanova in a long time, really strong with the ball. He's, he's a good ball handler. He can shoot the mid range. And as you said, the three pointer, uh, he's, he's got a lot of aspects to his game that I think NBA scouts are going to be taking a look at real soon if they're not already. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's so interesting that both of those guys can run the offense in different ways. Leads Villanova to Milwaukee, Wisconsin on Wednesday night against Marquette. Kind of a world beater here, um, Creighton, and then nearly beat Xavier just last night. Uh, really a strong basketball team in Marquette and always a difficult place to go play. It seems like the Woj era has been defined by Marcus Howard, no longer there, but still quite the crop of shooters and players out there at Marquette. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is not a fun place to go, Tom. No, and it, uh, it takes a, a certain player to want to go to play at Marquette and you know, play up in Milwaukee, right? I mean, think about the players that have come out of that program, right? Dwayne Wade's. 
Jimmy Butler's, right? Tough blue collar, blue, you know, hard nosed players come out of that program. Jay Crowder um, in the NBA as well. That's right. And uh and Woj, I think, exudes that, right? Like, I mean, he's just tough of nails. He comes from the Coach K, you know, kind of that military, very disciplined uh type of a program approach. I um, mean, he's a, he's more fiery out there on the court for sure than Coach K is. Um, but, you know, you can see that in his players, you know, they, they play hard um, and they're not afraid of anybody. Um, and, you know, and, and you mentioned, you know, they've beaten Creighton. Um, they've played a few other, you know, pretty, pretty close games. Wisconsin. Uh, they beat Wisconsin. Yep. They beat Wisconsin. Um, and then just a heartbreaker against Xavier last night, kind of a freak uh, buzzer beater um, at the end by a- Adam Kunkel. But I mean, um, Kobe McEwen is, is a great player. I mean, averaging, uh, 15.2 points per game. Uh, they have a great freshman and Dawson Garcia um, is averaging over 13 points per game. Um, who's, who's long, he's 6'11", can shoot the three. Um, they're once again, they have a good basketball team up in Milwaukee and they are not afraid of anybody. So once again, Villanova is going to get a great test. Look, didn't play Baylor, didn't play Virginia, but still going to be a well-tested basketball team before we begin the next calendar year. Yeah, I think this speaks to the strength of the Big East and, and how good it's gotten from top to bottom over the past couple of years. I mean, you think about, you know, losing Sam House or losing Marcus Howard this past year, and you would think Marquette, you know, not, not going to have a whole lot to stand on this year, maybe doesn't have the firepower. And here they come in their first Big East game of the year, and they beat Creighton. And, and like you said, close games against Seton Hall and Xavier, you know these guys are coming out ready to play. You know that they believe truly that they can beat anybody in the Big East right now, and you know you're going to get a game from them. They're, they're a well-coached team. Um, they, they really work well together, and, and they're very, very disciplined. So uh, this is going to take a, a good effort for us to, to go up there and beat Marquette. And, um, you know, I think that this team, like we said, the way that we're playing right now, I feel pretty good about our chances, but uh, there's going to need to be some, some tough nosed basketball. You know, we're going to need to see Jeremiah Robinson Earl diving on the floor and, you know, he may take an elbow in the nose every once in a while, but that's what we need from him. That's, that's what we're going to need to win this game. Well, and beyond Marquette, right? Those two other teams that you mentioned, Seton Hall and Xavier, so if Creighton and Villanova are the class of the Big East right now, the Marquettes, the Seton Halls, and the Xaviers of the world, and Xavier is unbeaten, by the way, so they may take offense to this, but, man, the men, middle of the Big East is just rock solid right now. And teams that can go and beat anybody, uh, those three teams go, are going to and already have beaten each other up. Uh, of course, there's Butler, who – I think is going to win a few more games than folks thought this year. I really like Laval Jordan, St. John's still some work to do Georgetown work to do, but you see how well they can play in limited action uh, Providence tough team. And, and then of course, to Paul, but my goodness, <laughs> feels like again, it's a year where folks are just going to beat up on each other and you can have a three or four loss conference champion again. Yeah. And I think it's another year where, you know, the Big East is going to have a bunch of teams between that six and nine seed line that nobody's going to want to play, right? No, any 
any number one seed come March is going to see a Big East team in the eight or nine column that they could face in the second round. They are not going to want to face that Big East opponent. Um, and and they're, they're hard-playing teams. They're super talented teams. Um, and they just, as you said, they, they test each other week in and week out. Um, and, I mean, Jay Wright, you can just hear when he talks about the pride he has in being in the Big East Conference. And one team, you know, that we haven't mentioned, welcome back this year, we haven't gotten to see too much of yet, uh, is UConn. They've only played, you know, four games so far. But um, th- nearly, pro- nearly beat Creighton. That's right. And, I mean, this this conference is, you know, it's not maybe the um, alluring one-stop shop for top, you know, ready out of high school NBA talent, although Jeremiah Robinson Earl will tell you different. Um, but it's just a rock-solid uh, conference. And, I mean, that's, that's the – it's a conference that attracts players like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, like Justin Moore, who are just solid basketball players. Like, I don't think – a word comes to, I don't think the first word that would come to anybody's mind when you see JRE or more um, or Gillespie uh, play is, is flashy, right? You know, it's just, they are solid basketball players. You know, the Big East has had flashy basketball players. I mean, Mar- Marquette lost one of them and Marcus Howard, but most of the guys around, around the league are just, you know, solid, well-coached discipline um, and hard fighting basketball teams. That's what this conference is. Yep. That's true. Although Miles Powell and some of those guys, my goodness, you're right. Some some incredible scorers, Shamori Pons, some great guards in recent years, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. But again, the the era of that discipline basketball, like you're talking about, and day in day out challenge that every other conference talks about. But when push comes to shove, you could argue that the Big East has it in spades uh, beyond that of most, if not every other conference and uh it's a unique structure there's no doubt about it the one thing that caught me first game of the season they're playing boston college or maybe it was arizona state perhaps the second game of the season but the broadcaster and i those two teams are the ones that are maybe a touch undisciplined very athletic love to slash to the hoop run up and down the floor and the color commentator said that villanova basketball beats you and frustrates you the way an old man does when you're playing pickup basketball, a 40 year old who you can jump higher and dunk and, and do all these different things and you're quicker, but he backs you down. He plays discipline, basketball fundamentals and ball before you look at it, you're down 12. And that's a pretty nice compliment of this Villanova team who I would also argue has a lot of tremendous athletes in addition to that old man basketball game. Yeah, I think it depends on who you're you're really talking about. It, you know, against Arizona State or, or someone of that nature, Boston College, I would argue that the Villanova is the much more athletic team. But he, he has a point. You you see Villanova going up if they're going up against a team like Kansas or Duke, who constantly have these one and dones as opposed to the three or four year guys that Villanova keeps around, like Tom was saying. Jay Wright has a chance to really mold these guys into what they what he wants them to be. You think about Colin Gillespie is a great example. Not a whole lot of big D1 offers coming into this, but as he's developed over the past couple of years, becoming one of the legendary guys in Villanova basketball uh, has really become uh, the epitome of what Jay Wright tries to emphasize with his guys and now is you know, looking at national accolades this year, possibly player of the year 
uh, you know, if he, if he has a really good season, but point being is, is him staying for four years and who knows, maybe even a fifth with everything going on right now. Um, yeah, he's, he's become one of the top players in the nation as opposed to the one and dones that a Kansas or a Duke normally gets. I'm glad you brought it up, Kevin, because perhaps my favorite storyline or bit going right now is on these broadcasts when they talk about how few scholarships at the D1 level that Colin Gillespie had. First, it was coming into his senior year, which was accurate, by the way. No D1 offers. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, you know, halfway through his senior year, didn't have any D1 offers. And then in the state championship game, he didn't have any D1 offers. And soon enough, it's going to be he rolled up on campus in an old jalopy and uh, decided he wanted to play basketball. I mean, in truthfulness, he had a few Division One offers before Christmas of his senior year. He got the offer from Villanova in January. Uh, and then obviously had a great rest of his senior season. But the timeline <laughs> for the purposes of these broadcasts keeps getting extended. It's my quite possibly my favorite bit that announcers don't really know is actually a bit that's out there right now. But I think the I, I get what you're saying. The, no, it's not uh, you. It's not you. It's not what you said. <laughs> no, Your I know. Point I know. Is, but I, I get I get their point, though, too. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the top level guys are committed to a school going into their senior year. So, you know, obviously he was not that guy and sure, maybe they extrapolate a little bit for their benefit. And, you know, all of a sudden now he's a walk on that, like, you know, never played basketball in his life. And Jay Wright just saw something and I'm walking around campus one day, but um, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but at the same time, it really is unheard of for, a guy like that to have a great deal of success. So Villanova plays Marquette on Wednesday night. Check it out. Fox Sports 1. That's the opening tip here on the Villanova Basketball Report. We're going to shoot it over to Kevin next here on the show. He's going to take us through this week's Cat in the Wild. Obviously, the NBA is, is just getting started. Haven't gotten into any kind of a regular season play yet. Um, so not a whole lot of stats to take from, but we're going to go with uh, a new cat in the wild. We've never uh, chosen him before because he's fresh into the wild, and that's Sadiq Bey. Uh, just starting out his NBA career, uh, good to see him getting on the floor a little bit in the first two preseason games. You know, not, not making a whole lot of a mark, as is most of the NBA at this point. Guys getting a little bit of time getting their feet wet out there in this unheard of season in 2021, but just good to see him out there. Good to see him playing a late draft gives him a late start with his team and uh, just good to see him out there and, and getting into the flow of things. So Sadiq Bay, hoping to hear his name a little bit more later in the season, doing bigger things, but for now, just getting his first NBA minutes on the floor. Uh, Sadiq Bay is our cat in the wild here tonight. There you go. The nation's top small forward last year. It was all but a certainty that he would be leaving for the NBA draft at the end of last year. Doesn't make it easier for Wildcat fans or for Sadiq himself that he didn't have an opportunity on a hard charging Villanova team last year that would have been a two or a three seed to make a run in the NCAA tournament. But we do wish Sadiq the best. And Tom, your thoughts? What type of NBA player do you think Sadiq Bay can be? I honestly think it remains to be seen. I mean, I, I feel like we only got to see 
the beginnings at Villanova, right? I mean, he came in in a class with Javon Quinterly, who was the story of his, you know, his entering class at Villanova. Um, I don't know that anybody knew much about him. I didn't know much about him other than he went to Sidwell Friends where Josh Hart went. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he ended up being clearly the best player in that freshman class right away. Um, you know, got solid minutes in, uh, in 2018-19 and then was the guy in his sophomore year. I um, mean, his trajectory is just incredible. Um, and I think um, if you just you just hear him talk about, um, you know, his dedication to the craft um, and that he just knows that nothing, you know, is a given. You know, he doesn't take anything for granted. Uh, I, saw, I saw a great interview um, between he and Jalen Brunson um, came out a few months back um, and and it was interesting to hear, you know, them sort of compliment one another, um, in that conversation in their approach to the game and in, um, their, uh, dedication to the details and those little things every day. Um, in- incredible. You wouldn't believe he's what, you know, a 20 year old kid. Um, part of that, you know, as an educator myself, I think definitely comes from his, his mom, who is an administrator down in the DC area, secondary school education. Um, which, which Sadiq speaks often about, um, coming from that background, um, and learning at an early age, um, to, you know, to work hard for the things you want, um, and that you have to earn everything. Um, so I think the sky's the limit for him. Obviously we all know, you know, that he can score the basketball. We all know he's a great defender with the length he has. Um, and I think with the attitude he has, um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if he is, you know, a, a important rotation player, on, on a big time. And I don't know if that's going to be the Detroit Pistons anytime soon, but on a, on a, you know, um, competitive NBA roster sometime soon. Great stuff. Yeah, Kevin Long. Go ahead. Yeah. Just going to add in, I, I could be wrong here, but he could very well have been the lowest rated guy in that class coming in. Obviously Quinterly was, was the talk of the town coming into it. I think Slater was even very highly rated. And then might have been Swider and Bay down at the bottom two there. So, uh, you know, really interesting to see the way that he developed and, and really grew well beyond where any of those guys are right now. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think Tom hit on it very well. It's just dedication to your craft. Obviously, he was the guy who, who wanted it more than anybody else. And I think he's got he's got the body to go with it. He's got a lot of good things going for him. He developed his shot well at Villanova. He became a much better ball handler, but he's just, he's got that long body where a lot of teams are looking for a three and D type of guy. And, and that's exactly what he can provide. And, and I think that, um, you know, barring some, some enormous growth and development, I, I see that being his role for him um, moving forward for the Pistons. One more tidbit on that recruiting class while you're at it is two of those players, Javon Quinterly and Sadiq Bay, since you brought them both up, late decommitments from other programs and for wildly different reasons, but both decommitments nonetheless. And the story there, Sadiq Bay, after two years in the NBA, Javon Quinterly transferred to Arkansas. So his third program, he never got to Arizona, but essentially third program recently demoted to the bench. Uh, there at Arizona. So again, you hope for the best for Javon Quinterly, but like you guys said, 
different paths for a few of those guys in that class. Two of them still working their way into the rotation on Villanova's rush, which is great, going to be key parts of this team. And, and Sadiq Bey flying high, getting ready to begin his NBA career. Great job there with the cat in the wild, Kevin. And without further ado, we're going to flip it to K-Mac. No K-Mac here tonight. So Tom Trainer stepping in on a moment's notice. We've seen him do that in large gatherings before. Just drop of a hat. So let's see what you can do here, Tom. Yes, filling in for the other Kevin this time. Um, but, yes, we do have three, three questions from Kevin McLearnan. Um, so I guess what we will do is why don't we, uh, you know, go question by question. Um, uh, I'll reveal the three answers at the end. But So I'll ask the first question. And why don't you guys, you know, just kind of think out loud as, you, as you're putting down some answers. Um, you know, maybe we'll give you a minute or so. And then we'll go to question two, think out loud again. Same thing with question three, and we'll reveal answers. How about that? Great. All right, so the first – and these are good questions. Get ready. All right. First question. Who is the highest drafted Villanova player since 1985? Hint. Two guys tied as drafted seventh overall. Hmm. Since 19 what year? Since 1985. So the answer is two players. Okay. Two players, both drafted seventh overall. Who were those two players? But do you guys have any thoughts, anything you're thinking about? I guess you don't want to give anything to the other guy, though, huh? So, so we'll, we'll, so how about uh, uh, Kevin Long? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hmm. I am well, not quite you, ready, I don't think. All right, but... we'll, we'll give Bob a chance here. Well, well maybe throw out some names and mess with them a little bit. Need some Jeopardy. I mean, well, as a timer. Well, Antonio Pena, what do you think about that, Bob? <laughs> Uh, I know the second answer isn't right here. I think yeah. I'm ready. You're ready? I don't know, but sure. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, all right, well, Kevin Kevin was ready first. So, Kev, what, what, do, you, what do you got? Uh, so, I am going to go with Randy Foy and Kerry Kittles. Tim Thomas, Kyle Lowry. Tim Thomas, Kyle Lowry. All right. Um, well, I also guessed... Um, so I guessed earlier when Kevin sent me these uh, questions, I also guessed Kerry Kittles and Randy Foy. Um, the correct answer, and I found this interesting because I wasn't so sure uh, about Foy. I thought it could be Malik Allen or Tim Thomas. Uh, it is actually – Kerry Kittles is not one of those players. It is Tim Thomas and Randy Foy. Mm. Tim Thomas and Randy Foy is the correct Tom. answer. I didn't think Foy was that high. That's all right. Good stuff. Well, and good. I thought Kittles was a lock. I wasn't yeah. sure about Foy. So I don't yeah, that's a – I remember Foy being very high. I think Lowry was a second rounder. If I'm not that could mistaken. be. You could see me struggling with the second one. Tim Thomas yeah. was a me. I'm like, ah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get well, this. Well, Kittles one wrong. was close. Kittles was uh, drafted eighth. Yeah. Eighth. Ah. Yeah. So tough one. Not Good too far. All right. Second out. question. Second question. You know, I'm pretty confident in you guys for this question, uh, but it's a good question nonetheless. All right. Villanova defeated Georgetown, UNC and Michigan in their NCAA championship title games. But who did they defeat in each of those semifinals to reach those championship games? Mm, nice. Okay. So I guess if you could present your answers in order. 
So we have Georgetown, UNC, Michigan. You present your answers in order. Mm, down Bob, to looks like, Bob, looks like yeah. you're ready. I think I'm ready. If I get the first one wrong, I'm going to be really upset. No, wait. Yeah, I, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm between two on the 85 right now. But All 15, right. 18 locked in. But ready All to right, go. Ahead, Bob, Bob, your turn to go first. So we got Memphis State. Yes, Memphis State at the time. We have Oklahoma and Kansas. Kev, what do you got? I messed up my order here, so I'm going to have some arrows all over the place. But uh, if you can see that, I had St. John's, Oklahoma, Kansas. Right. So so St. John's was the other team in that final four. Played Georgetown. Yes, Villanova did play. Memphis, then Memphis State, uh, played Oklahoma in 2016 and Kansas in 2018. And what was your guess, Tom? Uh, my guess was exactly that, Memphis, Oklahoma, Kansas. Got it. Memphis State. Memphis State, to be exact. Okay, <laughs> question three. Speaking of Marquette, who Villanova plays this week, Marcus Howard. Pat uh, became Marquette's all-time leading scorer last year. Who was the player he passed to become Marquette's all-time leading scorer? I will tell you right now, I did not get this question correct. I'm ready. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. Based on uh, Tom's answer, I do not think this is correct, but <laughs> I also now, this is funny because Kevin McKiernan and I had a little parlay here going on. We had a little side bet on what your answers <laughs> would be. So uh, let's, I'm see. let's see. Let's see if we were right is... about Kevin Long. All right, go so let's it. go with the uh, uh, Kev. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, Bob. Excuse what do you got? My... Oh, go ahead. Wesley Matthews. Matthews. Okay, Kev. Jimmy Butler. Okay, so I was not correct. I thought you would – I guessed Dwayne Wade. I knew it wasn't Dwayne Wade. He wasn't there four years. Um, but I, didn't, I blanked to know who else to put. I also didn't think it was Jimmy Butler. Um, the correct answer is Jarrell McNeil. Mm, yeah. Same, same class as Wesley Matthews. That team was great. Yep. Johnson Odom as well. Yep. I was close. There you go. Jarrell <laughs> McNeil. Great questions by K-Mac. Yeah, very good question. Always good work. comes through. Always comes through. Yeah, so I guess by our count, um, did we each get one of the two draft picks, correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and then uh, Bob and I were three out of three. Kev, two out of three on the um, final four semifinal teams. And then uh, we were all – Ophers on yeah. the last one. Yeah. Although Tom, you oh, actually did you all say both? Of you said Jimmy Butler. You were also close there because he was just one class below Wesley Matthews, Darius Johnson, Odom, and um, I and did. Jerome I said Dwayne Wade. Oh, okay. no, knowing very well that was not the correct answer. <laughs> Kevin was Kevin was very close. <laughs> you never know. He could have had two really good years. <laughs> well, he did, in fact. Well, yeah, if, if if the entire season had been like uh, that tournament run, maybe mm-hmm. it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Great work by K Mac. We'll get him back on here next week. And with that said, time now 
for the shoot around. That's right. Time for some shout outs. Um, so this can be, you know, anything related to Villanova basketball, basketball generally, whatever you want, or Auburn football if you're K-Mac, you know, like last week. Um, shout out whatever you want to shout out. Uh, this week I am going to shout out a Villanova men's basketball player, um, and that is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, he was just so solid this week. He continues to be so solid. 18 points against Butler, 25 against St. Joe's, uh, knocking down four out of eight from three. And again, I love to see him just so ready to shoot the three-point shot. Last year, you know, he was a little hesitant, you know, just being careful, you know, make sure it was a good shot. But it's it's nice to see him not just be a threat out there, but a ready threat um, out there um, that, that teams have to respect is great. So Jeremiah Robinson Earl uh, is my shout-out for the week. Um, just such a such a solid player. Kevin? I'm going to go a little bit outside of Villanova here in my shout-out tonight. I'm going to go with the Northwestern Athletic Program. I, I just believe that they are starting to build something special out there. Uh, a Big Ten championship appearance in football, a huge win over Michigan State this week in basketball. And you just get the sense that their athletics program is coming around. They, they were very much a cellar dweller in the Big Ten across the board for a long time. And, and now you've got some programs that are coming together. You're in a, a great area in Chicago, uh, you know, a great hotbed for recruiting. Uh, and, and I think that we're going to see some special things coming out of them. So just wanted to give them a quick shout out for, for a good week. Very yeah, good. Two two great coaches, right? And Pat Fitzgerald and Chris Collins. Like great coaches leading those men's basketball and football programs. I like that. We're gonna have some fun with this one. Today's shout out is to everybody's favorite referee, collegiate basketball referee. That's Jeff Anderson. You might know him as the high knees guy. The guy who runs up and down the floor with the high knees, patting the knee. You know it. You know the guy I'm talking about. And if you don't, you can check him out on Twitter. There is a Jeff Anderson fan page, a Twitter account that follows his every move, lets you know when he's refereeing games and giving you clips from games where he's particularly emphatic about the high knees. Everybody's favorite referee, Jeff Anderson. If you don't know him, check him out. He's the best. That's great. I am going to have to go through that Twitter feed after the show check it out you'll know him if you don't know him right now as i speak of him you will know him when you see that jeff oh, anderson. i know became famous i believe like during the 2016 final four or was it 18 i don't know because i think I, he re- I think he reffed one of those championship games of course he's the uh, best uh, that's right great and you know it's the, the high knees you know that they, they need it for the ambiance on cbs yes yes he makes up for the lack of high knees and little arm wiggle that Mike Kitsy does. Mike Kitts running up and down the floor. So it's a good, good barometer there. So that's what we got. Shoot around. Boys, great show. I enjoyed the time very much. And I good enough. Enjoyed being with you. Yeah, good enough question from K Mac that we might just let him back next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Great week of Illinois basketball. Great to be on the show again. Um, just a heads up, because I know my shout out last week. Uh, for Villanova women's basketball. They are 7-0, and but their game uh, for tomorrow night against UConn has been postponed. Um, so I'll have to wait for the first 
big clash with Gino Ariama's program for the Villanova uh, Lady Wildcats. And hopefully still undefeated by the time that game comes. We shall see. Guys, thanks for bringing it. For my money, the best, uh, the, the best crop of Villanova guys out there to be doing this with. And appreciate everybody bringing it tonight, as you always do. So for Tom Trainer, Kevin Long, and on behalf of KMAC, I'm Bob Long saying, of course, so long here. And we'll see you next week. Maybe not next week, maybe after the holidays. But uh, we wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and Happy Holiday Season in general. And we'll see everybody soon for more Wildcat Hoops Talk.